0: Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here at Cassidy Church. It is a great joy to be here with you, to be able to worship uh, the living God, and to be able to celebrate what God is doing, even in a time when we can't get together physically. We're still able together, together, using technology to celebrate what God is doing. Uh, Maybe you are brand new here. Maybe you just got invited by a friend or family member. Uh, Maybe you just stumbled across this on the internet, and we just wanted to say welcome to you. We're excited that you're here. Uh, We hope you stick around, and we hope you find in us uh, a group of folks who are passionate about following Jesus Christ. We know that we're not perfect but we know the one who is, which is Jesus, and, and we meet one another where we are, and we allow God to help us to take our next steps in our spiritual journey. And so I hope you will join us as we embark on a brand new journey. So today is a great day to, to be here. Uh, we're starting a brand new sermon series, and it's called Transformed. Uh, how how God changes us, and the idea is uh, all based on origami. Maybe maybe you've noticed uh, that that cool screen, uh, the swan that unfolded uh, before the the bumper that started the sermon, and and you got to see that. But the idea is that um, that you can take a, a simple piece of paper and make something pretty profound and beautiful and phenomenal out of it Uh, well i can't uh, but some people can like for me uh, i started you know with with folding little boats and then you would you would put the crayon on them so they could run in the streams without without sinking or in the bathtub but you know cootie catchers and uh inflatable balloons like you would tear the little end off and it would blow up like a balloon that was like the extent of my origami skills until i got to high school And in high school, I I learned how to fold letters to girls I may have been interested in. It was kind of a thing in my school and if you're if you're in school now and you're like why would you write letters to people? It's because we didn't have phones that we could text people. So we had to actually write notes to people and you would write uh, a note and then we had this way in our school of folding it up that it looked like an envelope and you pulled this little tab and it just unfolded and people knew that you were serious if you had spent some time putting envelopes together. I mastered That origami. I could fold that sucker up quick uh, because uh, you probably know why. So anyway, the idea behind it is that ordinary things can be transformed into extraordinary things if we, allow, uh, if we allow somebody who knows what they're doing to do it. Uh, a friend of mine named Samantha, who is joining us online, she's one of our online chat hosts. She lives in Branson, is going to be coming to hang out with us when we can hang out again. Uh, but she spent some time in Japan, and we first started talking about this. I, I asked her, hey, do you know any origami? And she was like, I know a little bit. Um, and so she made this for us if you can see it this is a a set of of cranes this is a hundred individual cranes and they they slide up and down and this is how they nest together Um, and so it's a hundred cranes that she made for us uh, to help us to to demonstrate and she said uh, one of the things that she would be glad to do is show us how to do this make a video so that we can have uh, some folks outside, send some pictures or send us some of their origami work. Uh, maybe we have a master at origami in, 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 great, in, our, uh, in our midst, and I don't know about, but uh, if, if that's the case, then we would love to see what you can do. Uh, she also made for us these. These are origami bowls that are pinwheel bowls, and, and it's a couple of sheets of paper, as you can tell from the different colors, and they're folded together, but what gets me is that somebody was able to conceive of this and figure out how the folds would work in order to make this. And this is well beyond my ability to figure out how to do things, how to, how to make that work. And so it just boggles my mind that people can do that. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I, I spent some time online looking at some of the things that people did. And I I saw this out there. This was on Etsy. Don't judge me too hard that I was on Etsy, but it's a, a folded swan. And it's made out of multiple pieces of paper. And if you send them $15, I don't know, it's 15 bucks, whatever, uh, for this, you could have the swan. Um, so I'm not plugging, this isn't my friend and I'm plugging his Etsy page or anything or her Etsy page. I'm just saying it's out there. Uh, or, or this guy, Winnie the Pooh, maybe you remember him and his honeypot. You never see Winnie the Pooh too far from his honeypot, but uh, you can tell the ears have been cut and trimmed. But other than that, it's really this... this this image of, of the folding of the paper that brings this from a flat piece of paper into a three dimensional object. And science is getting on board behind this as well. I, I, I don't know if you heard about it, but there's a, 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 a spaceship that's scheduled to leave in the next year. Um, and on it, it's going to be carrying the very first origami folded solar array. This, this solar array starts in about a meter square and it unfolds to over a thousand, a thousand feet across. And it's, it's an incredible thought that something so small using such a simple principle as folding paper is now being used in science to, to help with the space program. It's crazy just how complex we can make uh, origami. And, and so what i want us to recognize is that in the hands of a master um the the simple piece of paper can can become so complex and in god's hands we can be made into a masterpiece just as well that's the whole idea behind being transformed we want to figure that out and maybe you're saying well why do we want to know about being transformed i just want to know when i can get out of my house and the reason is is because online i see this question so often when will things get back to normal when are we going to be able to go back to the way it was and, and the problem that I see with that is I don't think we're ever going to go back to the way it was, not because the way it was, was, was uh, is, is out of reach, but because now we have this common shared experience of COVID-19. And we've experienced something that has been so profoundly transforming for our community that we have to do something different because of it. And here's, here's what I mean. Maybe you noticed beforehand that, that people were kind of jerks online. Any, any, any reason, any drop of a hat, and you would have somebody yelling at you or telling you how dumb you are, or that you hated them because you disagreed with them. And that's not how the world works, and we know that, yet online it sure looked that way. Or we have road rage, people slamming on their brakes in front of other cars because they're a little upset that you did something People getting out of their cars to cause physical harm to other people. So what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, maybe the way it was wasn't as good as the way it could be. Because now, now we realize just what a difference it makes for us to have community. We realize that we can't stream any more Netflix shows. We're just tired of it. We can't play any more video games. We can't play any more games of solitaire. Whatever it is that we've been doing. We're chomping at the bit. We're we're so ready to get out and experience community. And let's let that use let's use that to help transform us, spur us into transformation so that we can follow God where God is leading, so that we can be changed forever in God's presence, and so that the world on the other side of COVID-19 can be changed forever for the building of God's kingdom. What if the world was a better place when we got through this? How can we be transformed? So for the next four weeks, we're going to look at what transformation looks like and how we can allow ourselves to be transformed, just like folks in the Bible allowed themselves to be changed in Jesus' present. And the first person we're going to look at is this guy named Simon. Uh, His name is Simon in the Bible, and that was his given name, but uh, Jesus calls him Peter, Petros, Rock, and the idea—I I don't know if, if Peter was offended by that, honestly, because uh, I don't think when when Peter heard Jesus call him rock, he was like, "I'm like Dwayne Johnson," because Dwayne, you didn't exist yet, even though you're amazing. Uh, it was it was different, and maybe he thought maybe, maybe Jesus thinks I'm dense or I'm not very smart or or something like that. I don't know. But Peter, gay or. Jesus gave Simon the name Peter. And that's going to play into this story because we're going to see uh, this name change. Uh, but the idea is that, that Jesus knew who Simon was before Simon knew who he was. And, and although... Simon and Andrew and James and John, we know in John's gospel, had already met Jesus. They hadn't begun following him. And so Luke's gospel paints this picture of the calling of Simon, James, and John, and Andrew. And, and I want us to, to pay attention to, to what happens in this story because it's a beautiful picture of Christ making a difference in somebody's life and them realizing what that difference was and having their lives be transformed by it. Uh, it comes from the fifth chapter of Luke's gospel. And it says this, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, which is the Sea of Galilee, same place, same, different names, same place, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw the, the, at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. Now, if you know anything about fishing, at the end of the fishing trip, that's when you wash your nets so they're not preparing to go out fishing. They're, they're, they've been fishing all night, and we'll see that in just a minute. Jesus gets into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Now maybe you're wondering why he would get in a boat to go teach. I mean, he's standing on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Why would he? Why would he get in a boat? And and I wanted to um, give you this because I learned this when I was physically in Israel at the Sea of Galilee. And that's this. This is the shoreline of the Sea of Galilee. And what you may notice, this is right now we're standing right beside the Church of the Beatitudes, which is where Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek blessed are the peacemakers that's where this happened and he's uh, we're standing up here on the the right beside the the uh the mount of beatitudes which is where the church of beatitudes is and you notice that the sea of galilee is kind of shaped like a bowl and the water is down lower, and the land is on, on hills and rises. So when Jesus goes out onto the boat, he's able to use a natural amphitheater to, to talk to people and have them hear his message. So the message of Jesus now is just being amplified. And, and I saw this firsthand when we were there, because there was a boat that was out in the water. Probably we were half a mile apart. And, and the, I was up on the, the Mount of Beatitudes, and I could hear every word that they were saying, not that I understood it because they weren't speaking in English, but I could hear every word that they were saying. It's such a powerful amphitheater. And so that's what Jesus was using was this amphitheater. And and, and I just wanted you to, to have that understanding. So when you read, he got in the boat. Now, you know, so that everyone could hear him so that they could understand. And then it continues when he had finished speaking, that's Jesus finished speaking to the people. He said to Simon, put out into deep waters and let down the nets for the catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. I mean, you can hear Simon in that, uh, that, that, that biting response. Simon's like, Jesus, I, I'm a fisherman. I know what I'm doing on the lake, and yet you're inviting me to let down my nets now. I, I was out all night, all night with all my all my fishermen people (laughs) my fisher people and we were trying to catch fish and we caught nothing but because you say so sure why not i'll let down the nets and there's a little bit of biting sarcasm there because peter doesn't know who jesus is but jesus knows who peter is and so it says this when they had done so when they let down the nets They caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Now, this isn't just a a pretty good catch. This isn't a fish story that they're going to tell. I mean, I'm sure that this is the fish story of all fish stories. But this isn't, you know, Peter recognizes what's going on. This isn't an accident. This isn't uh, some just really good catch. It's not even an amazing catch. Peter realizes this is a miraculous catch, that God has done something here. And this man, Jesus, pointed, we dropped the nets, and we caught a catch like no one has ever seen before. I've been fishing my whole life, is what's running through Peter's head, and I have never seen anything like this. And so how does Peter respond? He responds this way. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and his companions, for he and his companions uh, were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partner. And now you, you could tell, this is like a, a, a group effort Peter, Andrew, James, and John were partners in this fishing industry, and and they they now have have caught something that they've never expected or experienced, and they they start to load it into the boats, and, and Peter is overwhelmed by understanding. He realizes that this is a miraculous moment, and he will never be the same, and so he falls at Jesus' knees, and he And he says, Jesus, go away from me. I don't deserve to be in your presence. And I love how Jesus responds. Jesus says, then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore and left everything and followed him. Don't be afraid. I will make you fish for people. I love that line. And the reason that I love that so much is because what Jesus is saying there is, this is the perfect picture of Jesus meeting you where you are. What was Peter's profession? He was a fisherman. So Jesus goes fishing with Peter and reveals to Peter that Jesus knows a thing or two about fishing as well. Uh, And so with that catch, everything changes for Peter. Peter now realizes that this Jesus who did this miraculous thing isn't sending me out of his presence like i would have expected but instead is inviting me along and i know how to fish but now he's saying i can fish for people and it's it's this this idea that jesus comes to where we are and invites us to so much more brings us along on the ride and and like i said in the beginning Jesus changed Peter's name, Jesus changed Simon's name to Peter, Uh, and and maybe Peter didn't know why, but I bet uh, at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, he got uh, an idea, and it says this, And I tell you that you are Peter, Cephas, the rock, and on this rock I will build my church, my ecclesia, my assembly, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Jesus saw in Peter someone that he could build upon, someone that he could use to transform the world around him, someone that the world would never have believed. I mean, this is a fisherman from a podunk town in a backwater village on a lake that nobody even cares about. And yet, this is the place and this is the moment that Peter decided to follow Jesus and it transformed his forever because of his willingness to follow. And that's that's the trick with Jesus, is transformation in Christ begins where you are. Jesus comes to where you are. He doesn't expect you to come to him because that's impossible. Jesus comes to where you are, and then he moves you to where he is. This is, in the church, this is a really churchy word. We call it sanctification, which just means the process of transformation where we're made more and more and more each and every day into the image of Jesus Christ. We're made more to look like our Savior so that we can live like our Savior, so that we can be like our Savior. And what God is doing is taking Peter and forming and shaping and molding him and over three years of of life experience with Jesus set him up. But the Holy Spirit is what really prepared him to do that. Now, maybe you're sitting out there and you're like, man, that's great for peter peter was awesome he was special and what i want you to hear is peter was an ordinary man not special ordinary and jesus saw the potential for something special with the presence of the holy spirit and so jesus calls him into that relationship and and peter is god's origami you are god's origami this this ordinary piece of paper that can be folded and manipulated into something that becomes so much more beautiful but in order to allow god to change us we have to invite him in you must allow jesus in to transform you from the inside out because Jesus isn't going to come and kick down the door to your house and, and say, I'm going to change you for the good. And what happens is you invite Jesus in and you allow him to change who you are and, and to change your life for the better. And here's what, what, maybe you're sitting out there and you're like, man, I've been a Christian my whole life and I don't look all that different. And maybe this is the time to start to recognize I need to turn my attention to Jesus. Stop holding on to anything else. I don't know if you caught it at the end. They had this, these two boats full of the biggest catch that they can imagine. And they pull up on shore and they leave the boats and the fish and everything behind to follow Jesus. And the, the reason they do that is because transformation is evidence of God's grace working in us, working on us, and working through us. And that's the core of this this message. That's the idea that we're after in this whole thought is let's invite Jesus in to allow God to make a difference in our lives, to change us from the inside out so that we can be the change that the world needs, so that we can be the people that God wants, so that we can bring about the change that God desires. This is the hope that I have for this message. And I hope that we have at this time because we are in a special crossroads where people realize now just how valuable community is. Just how much we need one another. And so I invite you to come with me Let us open our hearts to this transformation that Jesus offers us. And let's invite God in and pray the the hard prayers that are, are hard for us to say and are dangerous, to be totally honest, like, God, come and change me from the inside out. God, lead me where you want me to go. God, how can I be your servant today? What do you want me to do? Those types of things. And so I hope you will join me in that as we continue this journey for the next three weeks growing in grace, becoming more and more like Jesus Christ each and every day. Let's pray. Gracious and almighty God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift you give us in Jesus Christ, for the life that you offer us and the hope that we have in a life eternal because of your resurrection and the gift of your Holy Spirit. Father, we're not just here so that we can go live somewhere else. Remind us that we're here so we can be changed, so that we can be more like Jesus right here and right now, so that we can live uh, fulfilled lives in Christ and so that we can transform the world around us as we have been transformed within. Let us be your beautiful work of art. Let us be your masterpiece so that the world can be different because you have done something powerful through us. God, I pray that you would be this change in our lives, this change in the world that we so desperately need, so that we would learn again to love one another the way that you first loved us, that we would treat our neighbors with respect and with dignity as the people that they are beloved of God. Help us, Lord, in all of this. And if there's somebody out there And their heart has been strangely moved by this conversation, that they feel the presence of the Holy Spirit closer to them than they ever have. God, I just pray that you would open their heart and their mind and and that they would join us in in prayer, that, that God, take over, take over control. Lead us in your way. Let us follow you fully obediently to your word and to your will. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. And all of Cassidy agreed and said, Amen.